Hello everyone, my name is Pauline Ndigiwa um, and I'm a member of Thrive MSc and a speech and language therapist for people with learning disabilities. Today's passage comes from Luke 12, 35 to 48. Jesus is speaking in front of a crowd of thousands, but also directing some of his teaching directly to the disciples. This whole passage is about being prepared. Jesus gives two examples of people waiting for their master to return. Firstly, the servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet. Jesus says it will be good for the servants whose master finds them watching when he comes, whatever time he arrives. In fact, the master will be so pleased he will make them recline at the table and come and serve them. Similarly, Jesus talks about the faithful and wise manager who is put in charge of his servants while the master is away. It will be good for the manager, found looking after the servants well when the master returns, but definitely not good for the manager taking advantage of his freedom and getting drunk and beating the servants. If he's caught out by the manager returning when he's not expected, he'll be severely punished. In fact, he'll be cut into pieces and assigned to a place with the unbelievers. In between these two examples, Jesus also says that if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. Jesus clearly explains the meaning of these stories when he says, You must be ready, because the hour the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Like every good Boy Scout and Girl Guide knows, it's always important to be prepared. Jesus is calling us, as his followers, to be ready, because he may come back at any time. Initially, this can sound like we need to be worried, looking over our shoulder all the time. It reminded me of having a party at my parents' house when my parents were away, strictly against their instructions. I knew I was in the wrong and I was a nervous wreck about things getting broken and I didn't enjoy the party at all. But actually what Jesus is saying here is the complete opposite because if we're living as he wants us to, in obedience and doing our best to follow in his ways, then we don't need to worry because when he comes, He'll be delighted with us. He will celebrate with us and even serve us at the table. One of the challenges I thought from this passage was about waiting and waiting well. Our culture is not inclined to wait. Fast food, Amazon next day delivery, credit cards all contribute to an instant society. But in the Bible we often see people of faith having to wait for the promised blessings of God. And in the now and not yet of God's kingdom, we're also called to wait. We experience many blessings now, but we have to wait for the fullness of blessing when Jesus comes again. Our challenge is to use our time wisely. The passage says that we need to be dressed and ready for service. We need our sleeves rolled up. We need to be active. We need to keep the lamps burning. These weren't lamps that you could switch on, um, they'd have been oil lamps that needed to be filled up with oil and have the wicks trimmed and be in good working order. I'll spare you a rendition of give me oil in my lamp, keep me burning, but the message is clear. We need to be actively on fire, filled with the Holy Spirit and living lives worthy of our Lord. The wise manager in the second example was expected to be giving food, the food of allowance to the servants at the proper time, 
carrying out his duty day in and day out, whether the master was looking or not. God has put us each in a different situation in our daily lives, in our family, work, neighbourhood, educational establishment or any other situation. He's asking us to live distinctive lives for him in these situations while we wait for his return. Our tasks may be different, the equivalent of feeding the servants or keeping the lamp burning, but the key is that it's what the master has asked us to do and he calls us to do it faithfully. Faithfulness enables us to persevere in doing these tasks when they are hard or thankless. And what is amazing is that God is actually faithful to us in this and in his grace gives us the strength to be faithful and to stick with the task. Our society extols freedom over faithfulness, the rights of the individual to do what feels good, to make our own choices, to be happy. But in fact, real joy is found when we do what our creator has created us to do, in the place where he's put us and in the power he's given us. Although this message is encouraging, spurring us on to live lives expectant of Jesus' second coming, the passage does also end with a stark warning. For those who know the master's will but don't do it, who don't get ready, the punishment will be serious. Jesus reminds us that we've been given much, our salvation paid for by Jesus' sacrifice. And in response, we have the responsibility to be obedient to God's will. This does not mean that we do our duty in order to be saved, but it does mean that we recognise all that Jesus has done for us and our only response can be to want to live our lives worthy of him, to be obedient to his will, to, be des to desire to be transformed, to be more and more like Jesus in how we live. Jesus also mentions here those who don't know the master's will and they don't know that Jesus has died for them and they don't know that they need to get ready for his return. These people are still living under the punishment and the punishment is not as, as severe as for those who know God's will and choose not to do it, but they will still be punished. So as followers of Christ, we also have the responsibility to tell these people about what Jesus has done for them and make it very clear that they need to get ready. Sometimes I think we can shy away from sharing the full gospel, which includes Jesus coming again to the earth as a judge. It's more palatable to tell Jesus about Jesus' amazing gift of his love um, and the fact that we can be saved and not so easy to spell out what will happen to those who choose not to accept the offer of salvation or those who've never heard the invitation. So I think that there are three challenges in response to today's passage as we think how we need to live now to make us more ready for Christ's return. Firstly, how can I be faithful to God in carrying out whatever daily tasks he's called me to do in a way that honours him? Whether that's changing nappies, writing essays, providing care or treatment, filling out a spreadsheet, mending an exhaust or a myriad of other tasks. We need to do them all for God. Secondly, we need to remember to draw on the strength that God gives us through the Holy Spirit to complete these tasks. How amazing that he asks us to do these things, but then gives us the strength to do them. And thirdly, we need to take seriously our responsibility to tell others about their need to accept Jesus as their saviour 
so that they too can get ready for Christ's return. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you that you've put each one of us in a special place, that you have a purpose and a plan for our lives. We pray that today you'll help us to do whatever tasks you call us to, to honour you and to live our lives worthy of you. We thank you that you give us the strength to do this, when even when the tasks are hard or boring or when we just don't know how to do them. We just pray today, Lord, that you will just give us that strength that will draw it from you. And we pray too, Lord, that you'll help us to take opportunities today to share the good news and the full gospel with those that we meet or have opportunity to speak to. And just ask, Lord, that we will just take it seriously, that each one has us in their lives so that we can share the good news with them. Amen. <laughs>